Welcome to the 287th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on June 5th, 2022. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com and 50% of this year's show. With me is the man who's casting shade on intelligent design, Carlos Rodella. I did do that before the podcast started. We and also, that. what are you okay? I'm not okay. <laughs> With I thought I was doing badly, but man, that, that, that ending to that well, intro know, was weird. I messed up the delivery, and I was like, well, I guess I can lean into it, or I can try to like save it, and I didn't think I could save oh. it, so I leaned into it. I mean... Tactical error, perhaps, but you know that's a tough line to say. No, I like it. Uh, I thought you were just like doubling down on that. You always say it like, uh, was it uh, not Merv Griffin? Ed Sullivan. Ed yeah. Sullivan. Yeah. And kids, go ahead and Google Ed Sullivan. You don't know who that is. No, you don't. That's even before Carlos in my time. That's, yeah. That's an old reference, even for us. So. Yeah. No, but oh, yeah, right. pre-podcast, I was just uh, bitching and moaning about some physical pain that I'm in, and um, just just confused about you know if if the whole world is chaos and the universe is meaningless you know and then that kind of makes sense like oh just like some terrible uh ailment will happen here and there because it's chaos but if there's any sort of like intelligent design going on uh, which i have you know thoughts on uh it seems like a, a force uh foresight is that the right word um yeah, possibly oversight it seems like an oversight uh that these weird ailments would like combine like in a video game combo or something. And then people have to deal with like multiple pain things at the same time. And it just seems wrong. I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole entire two hour podcast right there. You know, I've got serious thoughts about intelligent design and what that might mean and so forth and so on. But we, we do not have the time or the space to get into that now. Although that is a discussion that, that seems worth having. So yeah, I guess uh, tune back at some point in the future for a bonus episode where we talk about the meaning of everything. Yeah, that'd just be a short, quick little thing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just do it as the intro. Maybe so, maybe so. All right, folks, we are here. It is the 287th episode. We are recording. I just had breakfast. Carlos, have you eaten? Uh-ish. Ish. All right. Well, yeah. close enough. Going to make it through the show? Yeah, I think I'm okay. All right. Good, uh, good enough. Good enough. We're going to try out uh, a new segment today, folks. We're going to call it Grapevine uh, because last time we did a, uh, a show, we were thinking housekeeping is kind of like checking back in with things and little odds and ends that don't really go anywhere else. But I know, Carlos, you're actually much better than I am about picking up news and announcements. And uh, maybe we're not going to do this every single show, but whenever there is news and announcements, I thought that maybe it might be a better fit for the grapevine. What's going on? What's the word on the street? What are the people chatting about? What's happened in the Twitter sphere? Um, so let's give this a go. What are the uh, announcements and news bits that you have for us today, sir? Yeah, let's check in the grapevine. Um, I'll do a sound effect, maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. Put put in the sound of grapes right here. Oh, the sound of grapes. Yeah. Is that squishing the grapes and making I don't, them? You tell me, man. You're the sound guy. Whatever grapes sound like, just put that in there. It's not going to happen. Anyways, um, the announcements. Dragon Age uh, Dreadwolf got announced. That's a weird name. Yeah, and it's uh, they just showed the logo, I believe. I don't think they showed anything else. Yeah, I saw the logo. And, of course, I want anything to do with Dragon Age, so I'm very excited. But, yeah, I was a little confused by Dread Wolf. Um, I don't know. I guess you play as a wolf. That's it. And you dread things. You're just a very, like, anxiety-ridden wolf. It's yeah, you're very, like, Arr. And you just you can't make words, right, because you're a wolf, so you're like, Arr. 
Are you are you in on Dragon Age still? You're all in? I'm all in all the time. Inquisition was one of my favorite games of all time. <clears throat> gotcha. Man. I mean, Inquisition had... You played it, right? I went to the preview event for Inquisition, and boy, that was a very unpleasant unpleasant day for me. I did not enjoy that day. Um, yeah, I was not a fan of Inquisition. I did not like it at all. And sitting in a room with the Bioware developers, with the PR people, like literally over your shoulder going, what do you think? What do you think? Is this good? Is this really good? That is a very uncomfortable place to be. Well, you know, oftentimes you you might tell me a story about like something that happened in the moment and that like uh, colors your whole idea of like the game. But that, you know, the game stands alone from you know, that terrible thing you had. Oh, yeah. I mean, that. I mean, it was only awful because as I was playing the game, I was like, this game fucking sucks. And like everybody oh, was looking at me like like they were expecting me to like be excited about it. And I'm like, this is terrible. Like why? Ooh, like, you know, I didn't have anything good to say. Basically. I didn't want to make a liar out of myself. Uh, so okay. being in a room with people who like wanted you to love their game and, and not loving it is a very uncomfortable place to be. Got it. So it was another combo. I have a physical pain combo going on and you had like developer talking to you and you don't like the game combo. Yeah. That was spiritual damage happening. Yeah. Um, by the way, you're, uh, I couldn't disagree more cause it's one of my favorite games, but, uh, I think that the people listening who do like it, um, will remember there was a really cool moment where like the song comes in. And it just reminded me of how much like a, a song can do in a video game. I think the same thing happened in Red Dead Redemption. Uh, sure. You know, like near the end, there's like this really big song that comes in. I just love like a good song in a game. But anywho, I'm excited for it. That's the thing that's happening. Uh, Fallout 1 Remake. That's a great find. Well, I didn't hear about that. Tell yeah, me about that. deep in the grapes I was. Um, <laughs> wrapped up in the vines. I was wrapped up in the vines. It got all messy <laughs> with the grapes. But no, I've, I watched all the YouTube videos about all the games, and one of them was talking about Fallout, uh, because everyone's excited about Bethesda Xbox Showcase coming up in a week yes. at the time of this recording. And so there was speculation, but then there were some notes, and people found some pieces of paper with the scribblings on it, and it sounded like Fallout 1 Remake, not first person, but Fallout 1 Remake the same like perspective as the original. Yes. Okay. I, this is, I haven't heard about this at all. Cause I don't really keep up with the news and stuff. I absolutely 1015% would be in on a remake just like it was. Do not make it fucking first person. I don't need the update. I want the exact, I want the spirit and the, the form of what it was, but just clean it up. Right. Yep. Clean up the interface, tighten up the graphics, preserve what this game was and show people where it came from. I absolutely do not want to play that game in first person at all. I would love it if they kept it the way it was and just made it pretty. That's what I'm hearing through the grapevine. That is what I want. If that if that is a true thing, fucking all in, dude. We should uh, keep track of how many grapevines I get right then, maybe. Oh, that is true. Maybe I'll get a little notepad going. Here yeah. For when I do it, when I do uh, kind of, you know, expectations. I'll keep track of when you're right and when you're wrong, I'll just forget to write that down. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing is... Uh, well, obviously, we'll talk about this in the show, but Diablo Immortals all over the internet. I thought before we talked about the show, or before we started the show, uh, you were like, I don't even know anything about Diablo Immortal. I was I like, I still don't. But how do you, how is that possible when you like check Twitter? Because like Twitter, it's like everywhere. 
Oh, it's easy because when I see Diablo Immortal, I'm just like, skip. And I just don't read it because I don't give a fuck. Uh, okay. I don't play anything on my phone except for Marvel Puzzle Quest, which is the only thing I have room in my life for. So it makes it very easy to ignore mobile games. Right. But it's not. I mean, it's a PC game now, too. So that's why I'm playing it. Oh, I didn't even I did not even know that. Yeah. I thought it was only on the phone still. We'll get into it in later in the show. But that's just definitely something that's like happening. So um, I guess that's part of this segment. And the other thing was State of Play. Uh, State of Play happened. Um, I love Sony. I love PlayStation. I mean, I love all games. Uh, I know Xbox is the best place to play wow, games. Bias, right? bias. No, hold on. I see. I just followed it up with Xbox is the best place yeah. to play games. That was a bandaid on a gaping wound. Okay. Well, oh. <laughs> anyway, so State of Play um, happened, and I generally like didn't wasn't impressed by most of it. A, a lot of times, these State of Plays are kind of boring to me. I mean, what did they even show? Do you have a list of what they showed? No, not in front oh. of me because. Uh, the only two things I wrote down were the things I cared about. Okay. So there was a bunch of stuff, a lot of stuff that you already know, and this not the place for this. The only thing I wanted to bring up was they showed Stray again, one of my favorite uh, You know, I games. saw that, and I immediately thought of you. And in fact, uh, I did talk to PR right after the show. I didn't watch the show, but it, if you are an editor of a games, uh, games website, whenever a show like this happens, you get 10,000 emails as soon as the show wraps. And one of them was uh stray and i'm like yes uh reply carlos rodella would love to play this please send me a code for oh this snap and i was so just I... about to pre-order it so i'm glad i no, heard no, no, that don't, on hold podcast. off i feel like feel like the odds are pretty good we're going to get a code for this so hold up okay that it's one of my most anticipated games really excited um and then the other thing was just seeing a new final fantasy 16 trailer because i can't wait for that game uh oh by the way stray is coming out in july which is super soon yeah, very soon. Very so soon. that was cool to see. And then, yeah, Final Fantasy 16 feels like it might even still come out this year. Um, I mean, they showed, like, the trailer had so much gameplay in it. It looks fucking done. I don't opinion. know anything about Is this another MMO, or what are we talking about? No, no, just straight up Final Fantasy 15, now Final Fantasy 16, like a new mainline RPG game. What happened to... This shows you how far out of the Final Fantasy loop I am. What happened to... The next installment of the seven remake is that just on hold indefinitely? Though? No, they they showed. I don't think they showed that, but they talked about it maybe. But that's definitely coming soon. Um, I think they're already you know almost finished with that as well. They gotcha. didn't, I don't think they had a release date for that. Okay. So you know that's still happening. But sixteen, I mean, that's like what I want. Like fifteen was one of my favorite experiences as well because I love the kind of big, huge Final Fantasy RPG. So, anyways, other things happened. I didn't write down down notes. Um, All right, maybe you should watch it. I might, might, might watch it today. I didn't catch it at the time. I was real busy. I got a little bit of time today. Maybe I'll watch it. Yeah. And then I guess that's it for the grapevine. You want to move on to... Let's move on to our virtual living space that we share. Carlos, yes. divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape. It's called housekeeping. You know it. You love it. Here it is. I've got a couple things, but as per usual, just about TV and stuff. What do you got? Uh, what do you got going, Carlos? Is it about TV? Wow, you've been like, um, t- like hitting TV every episode. I mean, it is because the world is ending, and so we're right. just watching more TV and movies at night um because i don't know just to keep the fear and anxiety away i guess wait hold on coping coping mechanism why don't we just make three segments now because like the other segment because if i knew it was a tv segment then i would bring in like eight shows that i'm watching because we should make it okay we can we can do that what uh we'll come up with a clever name for unless you got one you got a name for it i don't have a name for it so i'm gonna put it or if anybody listening, you got a suggestion, what you would like us to call our TV slash movie segment, uh, give us a cool name and we'll give you props for it. Yep. Uh, maybe some clever listeners out there can help us out. What would you like to call our TV movie section? Let us know. 
Yeah, and then we'll get to it in a second, and I'll uh, chime in at the end. But before we do that, a real quick check back in with a game section. I think that's a good place for housekeeping stuff. So let's check back in. Uh, yeah, let's check back in with the game. Um, I think I could probably do that, too. You go first. Vampire Survivors, what's up with that? Yeah, I, I uh, you know, gushed about it last episode, I believe. And it's a simple, top-down, uh, very pixel-based um, I don't want to call it. I don't know what. It, I guess it's just a roguelike, essentially. Yeah. And you go through like four or five different stages, and you just kill waves and waves of monsters. Normally, not my jam at all. But for some reason, this thing is super addictive, super fun. Uh, like I mentioned last show, uh, you can get in a flow state when your like weapons are really upgraded, and you kind of just like take out so many monsters and just kind of go through the stage, and it just feels relaxing. And the whole time, you're unlocking stuff and getting gold to unlock more characters. Well, I looked at a few YouTube videos and I realized that even though I thought it was doing pretty good, there's so many more things that open up as you get further in the game, including like new mechanics with like a, a slight card system, which hmm. doesn't even show up until you like unlock a lot. You know what I mean? Like it really is like buried. Um, and then the best thing is because last episode was called Shout Out to Owen. Uh, barista Owen uh, that I go to a lot at Starbucks. He told me about weapon evolution, mm-hmm. and I think I alluded to it. I finally did it, and it is game changing. It like literally makes the game handle a different way. Literally changes the game. It does, and the fact that it becomes like almost like a twin stick shooter, because before you have to run around and kind of aim with your weapons, and some passive like um, abilities you have are, are killing at monsters and stuff. But it's really kind of about like. Uh, I don't know, finagling and moving around the screen a lot because you don't always have like attacks coming. You know, you're kind of like timed and there's a cooldown or whatever. Right. Like it's kind of auto attacking. You're kind of like managing it. Yeah. But it's also like auto attacking kind of sl- like slow. Even if you speed it up, it's still like you might not have an attack to the right side and then get hit or something. Well, when you weapon of evolve or evolve a weapon, which basically means you have to like take your, I have a barbarian, uh, you take the knives, you upgrade it by getting like four or five or six of the different upgrades for the knife at, during the stage. And you also have to upgrade this bracer. And that there's like a, a list online of like, if you do these two things together, then when you kill a big monster, you will get a chest. And then the chest it will help you evolve the weapon. It's kind is of that permanent or is that per run? Per run, per run. Okay. But, and there are permanent upgrades, you know, in the store and also just on the home screen. But, What's so cruel about when you evolve a weapon, mine in particular was the knife, um, it just becomes like attacking from all directions. So basically, it's all directions, but also when you aim, it even like does it more. So it just feels like you're doing a twin six shooter, and it just totally changes, because now you're just like, it's just fun, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so the longest you go in a stage is like almost 30 minutes in one stage, and they're throwing everything at you, you know, near the end. And so the, I got to like uh, level 60 of a character in one run, you know, on one stage. And it was just the whole screen was monsters. And all I was doing was just doing a semicircle, or like a circle in the middle of my analog controller, like just going in a circle, like shooting, you know, trying to survive. But they just like literally, it looks like the whole screen is just monsters. Is it possible to complete a run of that game or is it one of those games where you just keep going until you die and like the monsters just keep getting more and more and like is there a win state or you just or is it just like as long as you can go jump back to owen he said he got to 
yeah, 30 or 40 minutes. I think it was maybe a little bit after I, I died. So maybe it is like 30 minutes. And then he he swears he saw a screen that says you win or something. So like a game over screen. Yes. You can win that game. Okay. Yeah, well, you can win that stage. Okay. And the idea is that there's so many different stages you unlock. And then, yeah, you might be able to beat all of the stages. But what's really crazy is that there's even secrets too. So like you can be on a stage and like go through a mirror and go to a whole other part of the stage. So it's fucking a lot deeper than I thought, and everybody needs to play it. It's three dollars. Um, I mean, I'm down, dude. As soon as they bring it to literally any console, I, I will know. buy. It. I'll buy it twice. It'll. I bet you. Yeah, it's gonna be really fun on like uh, your TV. I bet as well too. Oh so. yeah, like a big screen. Get on the Xbox or something. I would. I would buy that in a heartbeat, dude. I dig it. That's my check in. What's your check in? Um, gosh, what is my check in? Did we talk about? I know we talked about Citizen Sleeper last time. Did I finish it the last time we talked about it? I can't remember. I don't know if that's I, I heard that on Twitter or if I heard that on our own. Just show. a quick shout out. I know I've talked about it a million times, but I just want to give it one more final shout out. My final review is up at Game Critics. Took me a while because it's kind of a difficult game to capture the essence of. And I had a good talk with somebody on Twitter um, who did not like it as much as I did, uh, but just from that conversation it kind of inspired me a little bit and kind of gave me like a good angle to close the review on, which was good because I was, I wrote most of it. And, uh, you know, I mean, I've written many, many, many reviews, but this one, I was like, oh, I just, I, I want to say something more about it. Cause I really liked it. I wanted to do it justice and I just couldn't nail it. Uh, but after this discussion with this person, uh, I, I found a good angle and I, I closed it in a pretty strong way, or at least I think it is pretty strong. So anyway, I would invite anybody still curious about the game to go read my review at game critics. It's up now. Um, and that game finds itself in some very select company. That's all I will say. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's all the housekeeping I have. Any housekeeping for you? You're good? Two more bits real quick. Two more bits. All One, right. Let's have them. On Twitter, friend of the show, Lelena, was talking about um, video game books. Uh, there's a JRPG book she has. And it's by Bitmap Books. Have you heard of them? Um, it sounds familiar, but I wouldn't be able to tell you what they've published. They have so many cool books. And so I just want to give them a shout out. Uh, check out Bitmap Books, either on Twitter, on the website, whatever. Um, I'm going to order the JRPG book that she was showing off on Twitter. And I just, I, I feel like just seeing some screenshots of the books she was reading about JRPGs got me like excited to go back and read books about games because I haven't done that for a while. And I have a bunch in my like closet. I'm like, I need to go pull them out and like start reading them. Um, so yeah, it just got me kind of psyched to just sit down and chill with some video game books. All right, Bitmap so, books. Bitmap okay, cool. books, and then also two shoutouts to two websites: um, Fextra Life, F E Extra Life, like oh, F sure. Extra. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Do you, have you been to that channel? Everybody knows about that. Oh, yeah. they do. Okay, yeah. Well, I don't know if everybody does, but if you if you are a Souls player, everybody every Souls oh, player knows about this. Interesting. Well, I, I'm not. I don't know if I can consider myself one yet, but I mean, you are now. I guess I am. But anyways, I liked it always because they just do straight news about RPGs, and in this field of YouTube and this era right now, which I'm gonna uh, this foreshadowing for my review later foreshadowing um is that there's so many opinion stuff that's like you know people just take opinions and like as a gospel or whatever like this is like what you do you know what i mean like mm -hmm. if someone you like and follow says this game's shit you just go that well that game is shit you know yeah exactly gotcha but fextra live in their i always watch their weekly like roundup of what's coming up for rpgs or what's been updated or whatever it's just the fucking news it's great it's like all right, this came out. All right, this update happened. And they're thinking about doing this. 
like I, it's just actually straight like straight up information delivery. Yeah, it's sorely missed in this world right now. It's just like journalism. Like, here's what you want to know, and that's it. Right. We're right, not going right. to give you an opinion. It sucks or whatever. So that's why that's why I'm giving them a shout out. And the the other one is I don't know how to pronounce it. The Kaseki Nut Channel. I, <laughs> I don't know Kaseki what that is. Kaseki Nut Channel. Um, it's making me laugh, but I don't know what it is. I know he just covers like RPGs in like so many different ways, and I just like find myself watching it all the time. So. All right, cool. Shout out to those, and let's get to the games. Wait, we didn't oh, get to wait, the games yet because we still got a couple of shows, the TV movie. We've got a whole bunch of stuff to get through here really quickly. Uh, before I launch into my bullshit, do you have any TV movie stuff to talk about? No, you should go. I've just been talking for a while. Okay, cool. Um, just quick shout out, heads up, that Love and Death and Robots, mm-hmm. the third season came back to Netflix. Although, honestly, I know they called it a third season, but it really just feels like the second half of the second season. I know there was like huge COVID delays. A lot of the people got sick and there was problems um, with, you know, the animation and stuff. So it finally dropped. And I got to say, it's pretty good. I love that series. I really love that series. Um, I think um, the people who be, are behind it do a great job of curating very few duds in the in that bunch of shorts. Almost all of them are pretty killer. And this last batch, man, there were some wild ones. Definitely a couple Cthulhu themed ones, uh, a couple comedy ones. And there was one that just like. I don't even know. Like, it just made me feel like I was just like tripping the entire time I was watching it. Like, I just kept looking at the wife going, oh, my God. And she's looking at me like, oh, my God. And like, it was just visually stunning, but also kind of like weird and gross and off-putting, but also like really incredible. Hmm. Um, Yeah, I just I don't want to spoil too much, but the visual style was just like ridiculous. Um, So Love and Death and Robots is back. I really hope they keep it going because I think it's fucking awesome. I would love more of it. Um, and I need to check it out, by the way. I haven't finished the... I think I stopped in the second season for some reason. You probably stopped at the end of where they where they cut it for COVID, like season mm, two. Mm, mm. Probably. Yeah. They didn't do a lot of PR. Like, I think somebody on Twitter told me it was back. Otherwise, I never would have known it was back. Like, Netflix didn't, like, surface it for me or anything. So I was kind of lucky that I realized it was up. Anyway, um, the Orville is back after, like, a three-year hiatus. Have you ever seen the Orville? Yeah, back in the day, I fell off of it. I don't know. For some reason, it never caught me, but I yeah. like the concept. I mean, I love the Orville. I know that um, Seth, what is his name? The guy that does it. McFarlane. Uh, Seth McFarlane. I know he's really polarizing. I'm Honestly, I'm not that familiar with everything he's done. I mean, I know him from the Orville. I know that he does, like, Family Guy or whatever, but I don't really watch that show. And he does a couple other, whatever, Fox shows, comedies or something. Um, I'm not super familiar with his background, so I can't really say. But, you know, a lot of people, especially trans people that I know, do not like that guy because apparently he, you know, would do a lot of trans jokes or his shows would do a lot of trans jokes. And, you know, we're not down with that. But I... I it's weird to me because the Orville, I feel like, is very trans positive and I feel like it's very queer positive. And so that is such a strange thing to me to have people say he's a terrible asshole because of this. And then I watch the show that he's doing now and I'm like, wow, this seems like a really progressive show. So I'm not sure what's going on or where that's coming from, but I am really glad it's back. They took a three year hiatus. Um, obviously, a lot of that was because of COVID. And I think they also switched networks. It was on Fox. Now it's on Hulu. But I love the Orville. It's just like, it is like the best Star Trek that's on TV right now. And it is just like, it's just straight up Star Trek. Like if you don't like the Star Trek that's being available from Star Trek, this is actually better Star Trek than that. This is Star Trek done by people who love Star Trek. Uh, And sometimes that results in just like some really amazing stuff. They, I will say uh, it was weird because after a three year hiatus, the first episode they started with was really heavy. It was like, oh my God, it was depressing and sad. And it was really good. And it 
like the weird thing about the Orville dude, like really like not a joke even is like almost after every episode, we have like a family discussion about like the stuff that they talked about on the show. Really? Like almost, I mean, not in the beginning when it was like jokey, 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 but I once know. they found their rhythm and once they, once they realized like, Oh, actually we can do a pretty good Star Trek show without being a parody of a Star Trek show. We're just going to just do Star Trek. Once they hit that vibe, God fucking like every episode, it's like, okay, I guess we're talking about this now. Okay, we're having a family discussion. Like, literally, like, every show. And, like, this was no different. We had, like, this long-ass family discussion about what was on the show. And, like, I just – I think it's a really good show, dude. So Wow. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have thought that because, like you said, when I first watched it, it was like, hey, can we do comedy and Star Trek together? Yeah. And yeah. I was like, well, you know, waka, waka, waka is what it felt like. And I was like, I don't want to watch this. I mean, and it was, dude. Like, you're not wrong. But it's somewhere along the way, they flipped a switch, and they're like, we're not doing – Huh. We're not doing parody. We're going to do just the real thing. And they do a really fucking good job of it. So, All um, right. okay. That is the Orville. Just last final shout out props to you, actually, for your recommendation of the final girls. We watched it the very oh. the, the night after you recommended it to us on the podcast. That was a good ass movie, dude. Dude, I'm so glad you watched it. Yeah, I just you saying it makes me want to rewatch it. I ah, good movie. Yes, it's, I saw it twice, which I've never seen movies twice. And what's his name? Uh, the guy from Workaholics is in it. Um, oh yeah he's I know really funny yeah. and yeah it's just it's a great cast great uh middle dishes in it too um and grid music too and it just feels like like it's weird twilight zone episode yeah, too at times yeah. just to, just to recap for people who missed last episode this is a story about a girl whose mom was a star in an 80s slasher film she dies and while the girl is grieving the daughter is grieving um they they somehow get transported into the film that her mother was in so they're like in this 80s slasher film with like the character that her mother is playing and they're they're like also stuck kind of like in a time loop and also the killer's there and they're trying to figure out like what are the rules of the movie oh. and then how, what are the rules of them being in the movie and can they change the future? What, you know, like what is that all about? But also really touching and really poignant in many ways. Like it was really funny and it was, you know, scary in a couple of places, not super scary. Uh, but then like there was also a lot of just like real Real like emotional moments, man. Like really well done. Yeah, yeah. it's really really great movie. And it's hard to describe. It's like a little bit of everything. Yeah, but it does all of it really really well. We loved it. We thought it was fantastic. Awesome. And also, it reminds me a little bit of Cabin in the Woods. A little bit, yeah. Which but is also a really good movie. It's a really good movie, and, and it's funny and horror. But this one's like you said, more touching, more like a show, like a full on movie. I don't know. Yeah, um, exactly. And I want to mention real quick two things. Uh, I tried to start watching Fantastic Beast because there's a new one on HBO that just yeah. came out. Blech. Yeah, I know. Well, all right. Jeez. I fucking fuck fuck J.K. Rowling and all. That oh, shit. the I'm J.K. Rowling thing. All right, whatever. I'm again. We've had this discussion a little bit, but we I, did. We I do. It. I do separate some art from artists and whatever and creators, but not because of that. I just wanted something fantastical to watch. And my point is, is I got bored. Um, yeah. It's just like it's not like it's not exciting enough, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, I, I stopped that, but I did finish Stranger Things four. Oh, um, you got through it. You know, you said it was real scary. It was and had a real, real dark horror yeah. element to it. Okay. It really started. Uh, you know, you got to know that. Like they. Well, here's the thing. I want to tell you. It's and everybody listening. One thing is, I thought that it was going to be done, but this is just part one, and oh, part okay. two comes out in July, I believe. Um, and they did that, I think, slightly because of the COVID reasons. They made longer episodes, and then they just kind of like decided to not put them all out at once because each episode's like over an hour. You know, most okay. of them. Oh, hour plus. Yeah. Right. And so, anyways, I had to get past the beginning, and I, 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 I like totally um, 
advise everybody who gets kind of freaked out by the beginning because it's it's rough. Yeah, I remember you said it was a real rough start. It is, and and it's too graphic at times because they do show a couple different people getting like you know fantasy type killed with like bones breaking and stuff, and it's just there's no real reason to do it. I think they could have done it off camera, but even minus that, like it starts getting really really good, and then at the end, like. Well, in the middle of the season, there's this episode everyone's talking about, and and I won't ruin anything, but it show it has that Kate Bush song in it, uh, which is everywhere now. It's all over TikTok, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah, I Running saw that blow up on Twitter about yeah. the Kate Bush song. Yeah, and, but when you watch it in context, like you've like gone through this kind of arduous journey with the with the cast, and you've seen some shit you didn't want to see, and then that moment happens with this girl and that song. It really like it was powerful. I was like tearing up a bit so it's really fucking good like i'm so glad i stuck with it and i implore everybody to do that even if that first beginning and even a couple episodes after like show they show some rough stuff but um and there's the second part i will say is i think the defford brothers who uh, you know directed produced it um are fans of nightmare on elm street because that's kind of what happens this season Um, right and then on top of that guess who makes an appearance Fucking Robert England. I was just going to say Robert England. Yeah. So it's like, after I saw him, I was like, oh, that's why they're being this way. You know, it's like, it's almost like they took one whole season and made it more of a horror thing. Yeah. But the the heart is still there and the really good moments are still there. So I can't speak highly enough of it. It's really awesome. All right. Cool. All right. Before we get off of movie and TVs, I do want to give one more plug to you. I watched your recommendation of Final Girls. Thought it was awesome. You got to watch my recommendation of the Belco experiment. You got to check that one out. Oh, yes. I wrote it down. Track that down. That is not good in the same way that final girls is good at all but is also a very awesome movie really really great movie i will all right that is enough of everything that is not games let us now talk about actual games you've got a very very full show today lots of stuff to talk about uh getting into the main portion of the show we're going to kick it off with you today carlos with a little game called demon tier plus t-i-e-r and uh, full disclosure this is one that i almost bought um but this person's games seem to like very rarely go on sale so i'm waiting for sale as soon as it goes on sale i'm in because i don't buy anything full price but i have my eye on this one so i'm very curious to hear what you're going to say tell us all about demon tier plus yeah and i just looked it up again it's demons tier as in oh uh, demons tier, demon has a tier and um, like apostrophe s well, yeah, apostrophe S, but then it's not a tier like a crying tier. It's like a tier like the like stage. Like a level or something. Yeah. yeah, gotcha. Okay. So this is made by Daniel Fernandez Chavez. Awesome name. Um, published by Diabolical. And um, it's he, he did three games, and they all have the same kind of pixel art style. Mm-hmm. But the other two games, one was a twin six shooter. One was a platformer like roguelike. So 2D style, right? Yeah, it was. And uh-huh. this one is top-down view, right, uh, roguelike. Okay. So running around dungeons, I believe they're procedurally generated, and uh, fighting monsters, collecting things, you know, up leveling up permanents or whatever, getting permanents, upgrades and stuff, and doing that rinse-repeat. So, um, by the way, I don't know about with the sale business, you and your sales, but it's like $10 right now, so... Oh, that's cheaper then. It was not ten dollars when I saw it last time. I think it was like twenty bucks. Oh, uh, okay, okay, yeah. I think they, there was a th- there's something on Xbox where he's doing a combo where you can buy all three. I did see that. Yes. Yeah, but uh, I bought this actually on PlayStation because I was just there at the time. Ten dollars. I think it's totally worth it. Um, what the game is is basically you have a bunch of different characters, but you can only start out as one, 
and you go to a little town. The town is your hub town where you have like your all your upgrades that you would have for a roguelike game. And the town has a huge hole in the middle, and the hole is where you go down and to fight, you know, monsters in a dungeon. That's it. That's like a main what is, thing. What is the combat like? Because I played his last game, Riddled Corpses. That was the twin stick shooter, and that was pretty cool. What is what is the combat like? This is it like just like straight up uh, like swords and shield kind of stuff, or like what do we got? Yeah, it's kind of like a shooter mixed with um, with you know melee at times. I mean, basically like everything you have shoots. So I guess obviously like one of his core mechanics in games is shooting. You know, um, so like if I'm the knight, it's shooting knives, right? And if I'm the wizard you know, mage or whatever, she's shooting like actual spells or something. Uh, and then you, you know, pick up upgrades and stuff like that and make yourself stronger. So it's kind of a combination, but it feels kind of like a twin six shooter basically. Uh, okay. But with this kind of RPG, you know, covering on it. Um, and then what's interesting is that when you go down each time into this dungeon, it gives you different um, things you need to do to beat the level, which I think is actually like it really helps with replay ability so like you go down the dungeon it goes like just collect all the chests and that's all you have to do okay and so like you're trying to survive and fight monsters but you just are trying to get the chests and once you do that the door opens you can leave or it's like kill all the monsters that's one of them or just kill this one thing or something or blow up all the bombs or something so i thought that was really interesting uh and then you get to bosses and why i like this is because i always get frustrated with roguelikes but the bosses are easy and like it's so weird because it's like the level is pretty tough because there's lots sometimes they'll just swarm you with enemies. But I got to the first boss and I beat him my first try and I was like, this is great. I want more of this, please. Um, and the fact that like you still had to figure out a pattern and stuff, but it just didn't feel like they wanted you to lose, right? Like a lot right. of roguelikes are like, no, you won't you won't win for a while, asshole. You know, <laughs> come back in uh, 10 hours or whatever when you upgraded. Right. Yeah, this right. one's like, if you're smart enough, like an RPG, thank you, Daniel, by the way. Shout out to Daniel, creator of this. It's like, and you've leveled up your guy or girl. When you get to the boss, if you're smart enough, you can beat it. And I like that, you know? So yeah. it felt like that felt refreshing. Um, and then, yeah, in general, like you basically get a bunch of gold so you can go back to town and not just upgrade, but like unlock the characters. Um, so I'm just, I just now, I think unlock the barbarian. Cause of course that's all I want to have play. Sure. As. Of course. And so I have the knight and mage and I'm going towards a barbarian. I just got him. And what's interesting is you can take the coins and, uh, divvy them up to any hero you want. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can give like 50,000 gold to one hero and it's like that hero unlocks at 60,000 or something. Mm-hmm. And then you put like 10 more in another one. I don't know why they let you do that, but you can like divvy up how you're trying to unlock the characters. Sure, sure. That's cool. Good Anyways, options. Yeah, yeah, so it's simple. Nothing much more to say besides I had a lot more fun than I thought I was going to with it. Um, I've been playing, you know, Vampire Survivors, a lot of games like this right now. So for some reason, it's just kind of in my wheelhouse to be like, go down to a dungeon, kill a bunch of things. It's kind of bullet hell, but at the same time, I'm doing well. Ooh, that rhymed. Hmm. Uh, good. You're a poet and you did not know. Wait, it. this it's, sounds... it's bullet hell and somehow I'm doing well. That's not a bad episode name no it's not it's not good you don't like it okay uh that's good i'm glad to hear all this stuff because um while i did not like the 2d platformer that one did not click with me at all i really did like riddled corpses which was the twin stick shooter i didn't finish it i think it got a little bit too grindy for me but i really liked like playing it i thought it was pretty well done and that's what made me so interested in this one i'm hoping that this uh this guy daniel fernandez chavez just kind of keeps upping his game 
um, literally and figuratively. So yeah, if it's 10 bucks, 10 bucks for me is a go. Like when I saw it come out 20 bucks or whatever, that was like, you know, I mean, that's like five bucks more than I'm willing to gamble on a game that may not be good at all. Like, you know, $15, I think is probably the most I'm willing to gamble on something. Um, because money's money, right? Like I'm not rich. Yep. So, but 10 bucks for something where I'm pretty confident I'll like it after hearing you talk about it. That's a go. I'm going to probably pick this up. Uh, I'll probably get on Xbox once I, uh, get off the show here so thank you for that vote of confidence you're welcome and also here's the, the uh selling the final selling point it's a two-player co-op oh right on excellent you know excellent. top down if you have another person to do that with um and it is procedurally generated dungeons which makes it really fun so that mixed with the kind of like you don't know what you're going to do each level it, it makes it replayable so i dig it all right that sounds like a thumbs up from carlos and i'm excited to check that out sounds good demons tier all right, excellent. I will move on. i got a couple quickies to talk about here. First off is a game called Dolmen, D-O-L-M-E-N. Interesting. I, yeah, every, are you looking at this one? Yeah, almost every episode I go, oh, he, he did play it. Because like, I'm like looking at every game. Yeah. And then you go, I played it. Okay. Uh, let me save you time and save you money. Uh, do not do not play this game. Okay. Um, this is like, like a C-grade take on a sci-fi themed Souls-like. And I got to just be real fucking honest with people in a world where FromSoft exists in a world where Elden Ring exists, you got to up your game. Like do not even step to this unless you've got something genuinely new to offer. And there have been several sci-fi themed souls like out in the market already. None of them very good. So it's like, unless you're going to do better than what those people have already done and good luck trying to step to what FromSoft is doing right now. Like don't, waste your time because mm. like it's just like it's, it's like seeing rembrandt painting a picture and you're like oh i got some watercolors i could do that too like okay you're not gonna do that right like you're i mean not to discourage people everybody should try everybody's got a dream try to make your game if you want to but like this game is like so far away from where the current bar is being set i just was like it was just kind of embarrassing um you know sci-fi souls like i mean i couldn't even tell you what the story is about some bad stuff happening who cares uh, but, like, the difficulty was kind of whack. Like, it felt like it was scaled up too high. Like, it was kind of get good from the beginning, which is not a good place to start. The camera work was not very good. Um, the controls were kind of, like, awful. I mean, that's one thing that, that people don't really talk about with FromSoft games is, like, whatever, whatever problems somebody may have with a FromSoft game, they understand inertia and weight and, like, the crispness of the combat. Like, that's, like, the backbone of all of their games. Um, and there may be other problems, but they get that part right. They've, they've had that nailed down for a while. And if you can't get your combat to feel that way, don't do one of these games because that's what these games are all about. It's knowing when your sword's going to hit. It's knowing exactly how long it's going to take. It's knowing exactly like the pace that you should be fighting. And with Dolman, it was like all over the place. Like it, I just felt like it was wacky, just not good at all. It just did not feel good in the hands. So can I, can I um, really quick yeah, add a yes, yeah, yeah. but instead of a yeah. yes and, Go for it. I agree, and especially because after playing so many hours of Elder, uh, Elder Scrolls, uh, <laughs> Elden Ring, yes. uh, that you know, you know, they nail what they nail. But to my first point I made ever about that series, is <laughs> I just think that jump is whack still because it's it does the gravity doesn't work. Like if you look at Dragon's Dogma, that's a fucking jump. Or like I don't know, tons of other action RPGs, even Trials of Mana. You know, like there's got there's got to be some sort of float some sort of weight. I just think that jump is whack. 
I mean, it's not a great jump. That is, I will agree with you there. And I will say that Dolman doesn't have a good jump either. Okay, so. well then, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm with you there. Jumping is not their forte. That, no. I, no one will argue that. That is for sure. So I, ju- I just feel like just doing a game like this where you're like taking cues from the games that have come before, but you're not really adding enough of your own flavor to it. Like just, just don't do that. Like there's so much competition right now. There's so many other great games out there that putting something out that just doesn't really bring something new and doesn't do what it does well either. Like if this thing was totally tuned and it just, it just worked and flowed. I mean, that would be one thing, you know, like, okay, I could just play this mechanically. That's fine. But it doesn't feel good mechanically. It doesn't handle good mechanically. It doesn't have any fresh ideas. It just, it just feels like a worse version of like stuff I've already played. And I just don't have time for those games right now. So, all right. Dolman, I do not recommend to anyone right now. Um, moving on really quickly. Uh, just a quick mention of lit bend the light. It's lit colon bend the light. This is a puzzle game where you, uh, each, each puzzle is like one screen. So I kind of dig those and you have a beam of light that you control. It's on a little, I don't know, like a little cart or something, a little car, some kind of little mobile, mobile device that shoots a laser and you can like wheel it around a level and there's these mirrors and you can raise and lower the mirrors and there's little filters and you can raise and lower the filters. And the point of it is to get your beam of light, you know, through obstacles around corners and just to get it to light up a little exit portal at the end of each level. Um, It's cool if you like these kind of puzzles, um, which I think is in general, I think are kind of neat. But at the same time, it is incredibly finicky. Um, Sometimes it's all about tapping your controller for like a 16th of a second just to get it in the exact right spot. And then you got to bend it, bend the mirror just the right way and lift it up just like there's a lot of moving pieces in every puzzle and all of them are like super finicky. And I think it's a cool idea, but like I just didn't have the patience for it, like where it was just too finicky. Um, After I got past like the first one or two puzzles, which was like totally brain dead, just let the player win these real quick just so you get a feel for it. Once it started adding some some complications to it, like three and four and five elements to a puzzle, I was like, oh, dude, I'm out. Like, I just feel like I'm spending way too much time on these and I don't want to work that hard. So if you like those kind of puzzles, if you like the idea of sinking your teeth into a puzzle where you've got to, like, manipulate all these little elements, it's great. I think it's great. Like, I'm not that person. So I'm, I'm just saying that this is me. I don't call that as a, a flaw of the game. I just think that it's not the right game for me. But if you like these kind of games, um, single screen puzzles, multiple elements, like really taking your time to figure out how things work and how things fit together, I think it does what it does really well. And I don't have complaints about it. I just am, it is just not the thing that I want to be into right now. Yeah, I'm backing away from this immediately um, just because that these are the puzzles that happen in other games that when I get to that stage, you know, it's like an RPG and it's like, OK, yeah. line up the mirrors. And I'm like, no, I don't. Is there an auto button? Where's the auto? Yeah, Where's the auto line up the mirrors? <laughs> yeah. It's like when Laura Croft gets into a tomb and she's got to line up the mirrors, but yeah. like times a hundred, like like way more than that. Wow, so. that's so scary. Yeah, again, some people like uh, you know Sudoku or something, and you know exactly, it's exactly. fine. Yeah, if you like that kind of thing, I think it's great. I don't like that kind of thing, so it's not for me. But I don't, I don't hold that against the game. It's not a criticism. Not a criticism is what I'm trying to say. So. All right, that's what I've got for this section. Carlos, back to you. And unfortunately, I have screwed up my notes, so I, I accidentally deleted the game that you were going to talk about next. What is the game you're talking about next? Um, well, let's see. We could do Sucker for Love, probably. Yes, Sucker for Love is exactly what we're doing. Let's talk about that. Thank you. And I am scolding myself silently for accidentally deleting that piece of information. Sucker for Love is very uh, fascinating to me. This is the... 
PC right now dating sim, but it's starring like what Cthulhu eyes characters. They're kind of like sexy Cthulhu <laughs> monsters that you're dating. Is that right? Yeah, just one sexy, I guess, in quotes, sexy Cthulhu lady. And that's the whole thing. Because I, by the way, I finished this and I found out it's just a prelude. So oh, it's not the whole game. It's not the whole game because it oh. says Sucker for Love prelude on it. Oh. Um, I don't know if it said that in the beginning, but I remember I finished, you know, at least my playthrough. And I'll do a minor spoiler maybe at the end. And what happened to me? And then, like, I was like, oh, it's over. And I was, I was like, interested. Oh, I'm in sorry. Something. I was so surprised. I thought they had sent us, uh, full disclosure, I thought they had sent us full codes for review. I maybe I misunderstood that. I thought this was the whole game, but it was just a, a taste test, a demo then. Yeah. And maybe, I mean, because uh, I'm looking at Sucker for Love Prelude on Steam right now. And I'm not sure if that's the game that I have that you gave me the code for. But either way, it seems short. So if, if you did, if they did give us the full game, because I had a, a ending, uh, maybe you can look it up or something. But I'm looking it up literally right yeah, now. Yeah, I'd still it was still super short, no matter what you know my code was. So, um, but yeah, so this is very similar to uh, what's it called, Doki Doki? Um, oh, literature, literature club? club. Yeah. So it's like that. It's like, uh, hey, it's kind of a dating sim, but it's also there's there's a monster lady you're gonna kind of try to date, but also it's scary, but also it's gross. Is it really? It gets is it graphic and scary. It can get like, graphic a little bit, yeah. And you're, okay. N- not a lot, but and then at some point it's like you're nervous and you're like, oh no, what's happening? Um, but I got in quotes a good ending. Um, and essentially, what the game is is just one screen, and it's your bedroom, and you're visited by this lady who's uh, you know Cthulhu lady. Wait, is this the ending you're describing? No, the beginning. Oh, okay, beginning right. And so basically, the whole game is you. Like, you know, point click, which I don't normally like, but they do a really good job of how they do it. You know, click around the room to pick up things, put them back. Uh, You have to have like, it's very situational. So it's like um, you're you're talking to this being, let's call her, and you basically are trying to, you know, it's kind of like a date, but it's forced. It's forced upon you because she just shows up and you're like, I guess we're going to, I'm going to try to romance you because you're here. Um, (laughs) I mean, why not? Right, but also she, I don't want to give too much away. There's another person that does show up at some point in the game, and so okay. it's really weird, uh, but she's the main thing, and she's in your room, and you have this book, and you open up the book at any time, and you're doing all these spells, like incantations and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's like you have to have a certain set of things going on so that you can say the spell out loud. Gotcha. So like you have to be wearing a robe and then have a knife in your hand, then you could do the spell. Um, and then they make you drag your mouse over the words, and you actually like say the words, which is kind of creepy. So you're kind of like casting the spell. Yeah, casting. If you do it right, uh, then something happens and moves the story forward. And you have a couple different options in the book. Um, one of the options I think is interesting. It's just called like breakup, <laughs> like breakup spell. And I didn't do it, so I'm sure that's probably like if you pull that off, then it's a different ending. But yeah, that's kind of the whole game. Is you're just like looking around the the room. There's some dialogue. You're trying to, in quotes, you know, romance her kind of in a way. But there's this impending doom all the time. Sure. And I, I want to spoil it, but it's like really bad. You know, it's real, real bad. I mean, if this is Cthulhu themed, it's probably all real bad. So yeah. yeah, and it's kind of like about the fate of the world too. It's intense, uh, <laughs> but it's like masked with this idea that you're trying to like woo this Cthulhu lady. Sure. Um, and there's like three little hearts, and at the end of the three little heart meter, it's a, there's a smooch button. So if you 
do at the end, you know, if you do a good ending, you can hit that button, um, which I did, and I get to hit that button. Smash that smooch button. I smash that smooch button. There Wait, that's go. a good that's episode. The title. Yeah. That's the title. Right smash there. that smooch go. button. Um, so I did smash it, and I got a, in quotes, good ending where we got to smooch. But it's weird. It's weird and dark, and I like it. I would like to see more of it. So, so I went back and looked. There is a pr- there, there's a prelude available on Steam, but I'm looking at the PR email that we got from the person. Again, disclaimer that we got codes for this to talk about it here on the show, which we're doing right now. It seems to me like they sent us the full game, so maybe go back and see if you can download the full game. If that doesn't work, let me know. We can talk about it after the show, and I'll resend the code or something. But yeah, it should be the whole thing. It looks to me like there are a total of three different Cthulhu-esque ladies to romance, so there should definitely be more to that game. Oh, so I maybe I picked, maybe I had the full code, but I only picked the prelude. I don't know if it's in there or something. I do not. I, I honestly do not know. I was going to try to play it this week, but then I ran out of time um, because I played six other games this week, but I, I will go back and investigate it. Okay, I'll go back, and then we'll talk about next episode, maybe. Sounds good. Okay, cool. But I liked uh, what they did for like the simplest simplicity of it, and it was like to the point, and it was a little creepy, you know. So it made me feel uneasy, which is good. And there's a couple moments that are timed too, hmm. uh, which in visual novels is can be scary because you know you got to hit the right buttons at the right time. So I don't know. I think it's weird, and I would have liked, yeah, to have maybe a different looking person I was trying to romance because. I mean, she I don't want tentacles on her face and stuff, right? Yeah, tentacles. Yeah. I don't want to be. I don't know. It's not called sexist. It's called um, speciesist. speciesist. Yeah. yeah, I guess. So I don't want to be speciesist, <laughs> but she just wasn't my type. You know. I getcha, man. I getcha. Well, okay. This sounds really fun. I like Cthulhu stuff. I like dating Sims when they're not. Um, like, is it? It's not very wordy, is it? Like, you're not reading like paragraphs of text. No, right? not at all. It's so fast okay. and so they do the interface so well. That it's more about just the creepy nature of what's happening. That, okay, that sounds like it's for me because I like I like dating sims when they go quickly and when they're light and fun, not when you got to like really just read like a book. Yeah. Between each time you push a button, and I love Cthulhu stuff. This definitely sounds like it's for me, and I believe we also have a code for me as well. I have to check it out. But let's investigate. Let's see those other at least two more ladies, if not more, um, and we'll we'll maybe circle back on this one. Okay, we will. Sucker for love, first date, currently only on PC. There we go. Um, I will talk quickly about a musical story. Uh, again, disclaimer, we were sent a code to talk about this game on the show, which I'm doing right now. It's called A Musical Story. I honestly didn't really even know what it was about, um, but it is a story about music, as one might guess. Um, it's a story that's told without words, which is interesting. Um, basically, the game starts with uh, a guy on his deathbed, which is kind of a dark place to start. And I assume the rest of the game is him kind of like reliving his memories It kind of, you know, back when this musician was getting started and then like when he was getting his band together and then when the band was playing like shitty gigs and then later they're playing better gigs. Um, so that's kind of how it goes. And each section, it's also, it's like a rhythm game, but it's not like a regular rhythm game. Like the rhythm sections are very short. Like you're only doing like, uh, I don't know, eight or ten notes. And then you when you do that successfully, you watch like a story scene. And then you go back and you play like eight or ten more notes and then you watch another story scene. So you're not like you're not getting like a DDR sweat going on. Like you're not really like super, you know, hardcore going after it. Like it's like it's pretty casual, honestly. Um, and the story scenes are pretty well done. Again, no words, but you're just watching body language, facial expressions. It's a pretty like cool cartoony style. I think it looks pretty appealing, which is pretty nice. Um, I will say full disclosure, though, I don't have a single musical bone in my body. I don't have any rhythm. 
I do have, I have zero, I have negative musical um, ability. Mm -hmm. So the one complaint I had about this game is that the visual cues in this game are not great. Like you really have to listen. Um, And, you know, in most music games, you'll see like maybe a line and then a shape will be coming down the line. And when the shape is on the hot spot, you push the button. That's when you know how to push the button, right? If you don't have rhythm, like, uh, like I don't, Um, but this one didn't have that. Um, There were some uh, settings you could do, but even on the setting with like the max help, it still wasn't enough help for me. So like I was having to listen and try to guess where like the beat was going to come in. And like most of the time it was fine, but there were a couple sections where like I was getting it wrong, like 10, 15, 20 times in a row. And I just could not get the rhythm of it. And that's, you know, that's me because I'm just, I'm not a musical guy, full disclosure. I'm, I'm open about that. But it really, really, really would have helped if there was more of a visual um, where you could just see visually when to push the button. There's a little bit of a light that comes on as kind of a helper, but it's not there all the time and it's not bright enough. And it's not, I just, I just needed more help um, because I suck at these games and that help wasn't there for me. So I couldn't finish the game because I got really annoyed because I got mm. tired of doing the same section over and over because I just don't have that rhythm. That's just how I'm built. Don't nothing I can do about it. Nothing I can do. So other, if you have musical skill, I think you would probably blow through this game. No problem. It seems like it tells a cool little story. It's probably only like two hours long or something like that. But uh, my frustration got the better of me and I just couldn't uh, put up with the lack of assistance for the non musically inclined person. Yeah. So, it feels like uh, kind of a warrior wear. Uh, a little bit, a little short bit short like, kind of little things. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. It's not, it's not heavy. It's not hardcore. Honestly, like, I mean, like I said, if I had musical skill, I would have blown through it my first time. But I, you know, I just I just don't have that skill. Interesting. All right. So there's a musical story. um, Pretty neat. And, you know, probably recommended if you got some tunes in your body. Uh, I do not. Next game I want to talk about quickly is Silt. S-I-L-T. Now, you played the demo of Silt a while ago, correct? I feel like we talked about this. We talked about this almost like last year, I want to say. Yeah, it was a while ago. Yes. Silt is a 2D... um, kind of a minimalist grayscale uh, game. It's Everything is black and white and gray. It looks very striking. Great visuals. Great theming. Uh, but you play as a creepy scuba diver. Um, and again, no words. There's just whatever's happening on screen. Um, you're at the bottom of the sea. And there's some kind of Cthulhu machine at the bottom of the sea that you are either trying to help or you're trying to destroy. It's not clear at the beginning. And then what the scuba diver can do is he never needs to go up for air, which is great because I didn't want to deal with an air meter. But what he does is he, his spirit will like leave his body and he can possess whatever fish are nearby. So like, let's say for example, uh, he's trapped somewhere and he needs to get through this. Uh, I don't know, like, like vines, seaweed or something. He can't get through it himself. So he possesses a nearby fish that has big teeth. You take over the fish and your, your scuba diver body just like lays there, just like inert for a minute. You chomp through the vines with your fish, and then the spirit goes back to your scuba diver body, and then you proceed. So really, the, the crux of the game is like about possessing several different kinds of fish and figuring out what order to do that in. So, Carlos, you played the demo like last year. What, what was your thoughts of it? Do you recall what you thought of it? Yeah, I think I heard something about what you were saying on Twitter about it, um, getting confused a little bit, not to jump into your review. But I was confused on what to do, and I got stuck in the demo to a point where I literally didn't know what to do. Like I yeah. couldn't, I can't go any further. So I was enjoying the the time I was having. It feels like limbo in the water, underwater limbo, underwater yeah, limbo. Yeah. yeah, and I like switching the bodies and stuff. But when you leave the bodies or you jump into the ship, uh, different uh, fish, you your bodies like can get hurt. I think right. I believe it can. Yeah. yeah so, so it's like it's like vulnerable. 
Um, but yeah, it's interesting. I did deal, you know, digging some of the mechanics and stuff like that, and I really like the mood of it. But I just couldn't play anymore because I got to a part where there's a bunch of sharks or something, and a little fish, and I did all the puzzles, but I couldn't get to the next screen. And I, yeah. didn't, I didn't know if it was I had to go back track somewhere, but I was just stuck. So yeah, my experience yeah. got cut short. It's a difficult one to recommend. I think it looks great. Like the style and just the concepts in it are pretty cool. I mean, Cthulhu underwater, scuba diver, that's kind of spooky. Like it all, it's all in my wheelhouse. But I think, um, you know, like you really have to go above and beyond when you're doing a dialogue-free, information-free game, when you're really counting on the player to put things together for themselves just on environmental clues. Um, I, you know, there was, I got stuck a couple times. I, full disclosure, I did finish this game. It's only about maybe two, three hours long. It's a pretty quick play. Um, but a lot of times I just couldn't tell where to go. Like the way that they signal where you can go is not super clear. Um, sometimes the feedback is not really great. Like I couldn't tell sometimes if I was hurting, like if I was fighting a boss, I'm like, I'd hit him with something and I'm like, okay, did that do anything? Did he hurt? Is he not hurt? Am I, am I doing the right thing? I can't even tell what I'm doing. So I think more feedback would be great. And some of the mechanics, I just felt like were really not clear. Now I, I got to maybe the two thirds portion of this game and I got stuck. I got so stuck. I had to actually um, email the PR rep and the developers uh, because the game was not out. There was no walkthroughs or anything like that. And I'm like, look, I need some help because I can't finish this game. And we went back and forth and back and forth. And I finally figured out how to get past the thing. And I think it just came down to, just not enough communication. Um, the developers knew how a certain thing worked. I did not ho- know how that thing worked. I'm not going to spoil it. But once I knew how it worked, I got through it like the very next time. It was just about, I just mm. wasn't clear on what was going on. Yeah. So once I figured that out, it was obviously simple in hindsight, but at the time, I had literally no clue when I was getting ready to quit the game because I couldn't figure out what to do. Well, so, that's where I was probably then, right there. I needed yeah. to figure out what that thing was. It's very possible, very possible. So I think Silt is a good first start. I think it needs some tweaking. I think it needs better clarity, more communication to the player, um, a little more play testing with people who had, who don't know what it's all about would really highlight some spots where more communication would happen. But overall, I mean, it was you know it it was cool when it was working and it's a nice little like tiny little bite sized Cthulhu esque story so you know I, I generally liked it but I did definitely get frustrated so that was kind of a bummer so well yeah again I agree with you and the, the artistic look of it too I like that but it looks great it does really look great so all right that was Silt Carlos back to you uh, for Diablo Immortal as we kind of talked about at the top of the show I know that this game exists but I don't really know anything at all about it all i knew it was like diablo on a phone that's all i knew and i just have not bothered to read up on it don't have time for it in my life but uh, i mean it seems like a lot of people on twitter are playing it and i think that you've got some strong feelings about it i have very strong feelings about a lot of things around it i'm gonna say uh, i'm just came up with this idea that's gonna do three stages of this okay the first stage is what this game is okay the second stage is and i'm saying this so i remember uh is how the critics and the youtube people are talking about it Okay. And the last stage is how I feel about it. Okay. Okay. All right. So the Let's first stage is what it is. So, and it's kind of infamous. The, the The announcement of it is like a meme as well, where the the developers are like, "Hey, we're gonna make a new Diablo game. It's gonna be only on the phones." And the whole crowd's like, "What?" And he and he's like, "You guys own phones, right? Like, come on!" And he's trying to like get people to be like, "Phone games are okay." So that was kind of a meme. Yeah, good luck Good luck with that. I know. And then uh, at some point, due to popular demand, which I'm not sure where that you know focus group testing or whatever they were doing, they said, okay, we're going to port it to PC as well. 
uh, but we're not really going to change too much of mechanics and we'll kind of jerry rig a setup for like controller, you know, and it can work with mouse and keyboard. Uh, and then we're going to release at the same time as the mobile game. So, and it's synchronous, you know, so you can, you can pick it up on your phone, put it back on, pick it up on your PC. Oh, so you can switch back and forth between platforms. Yeah, yeah. Like it's all kept at the, the Diablo servers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is great. Gotcha. I mean, like that's a cool feature. So that's the history of what it is and the fact that it came out on PC. Um, um, quick question before yeah. we move on. Mm-hmm. So like, is it just like straight up Diablo? Like, is there anything special about it? Cause I don't know anything at all. I mean, I'm assuming it's just like the classic Diablo formula, but is there a twist to it? Is there anything right different about it? Like what's, what's the hook? So I'll just, I'll just say this in the top part of this, then the, the first stage is that it's a, it's Diablo three and like not even better graphics, right? It's just like Diablo three. Okay. If not slightly less better, probably good than the definitive edition. And cause it's going to be a mobile game. That's what they've, made it for is a mobile game and it's got monetization which is part of the biggest problem that we're going to get to here in a minute okay so like crazy monetization think diablo 3 with the auction house right i don't want to think about that i know well this is what this is kind of at times and then uh that's what it is and so like you know with also mobile games you get those daily rewards or like oh yeah got daily challenges but those check-ins lots of times um yes they're bullshit but also for me and what you'll get to my last stage here is that they're just more like things to play, right? And at the end of the day, this is kind of a top-line review, is that I always just want more Diablo. Like, I'm a sucker for that mechanic, the flow. Talk about flow state. You, you just If you've taken out, like, dungeons and stuff with a really good character in your build you like, it just feels fun. Like, it's just fun to play. So that's kind of what it is, mobile monetization Diablo 3. Second part is, the part that I'm most mad about, is that most videos, and this happens a lot on YouTube, you know, they do the clickbaiting with the titles. Sure. Um, I've been, I've, I've reviewed most of them, 90% of them about Diablo Immortal. Most of them are doing what I'm calling hate baiting instead of clickbaiting. It's hate baiting, which is so, so prevalent nowadays where people are like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Click my video. Sure. Um, so, so many of the hate baiting videos I watch about Diablo Immortal, they were like, this monetization's fucked up. It's so insane. And they're not wrong. There's some really fucked up levels of monetization. But then at the end of the hate video, or even the middle of it, they're like, but it's a pretty fun game. I like the game. <laughs> like, I like the game mechanics. Like, I like sure. the game. Sure. I, like, that. that's literally what people would say. They would say, this is the worst thing. They should be so ashamed of themselves. All of the developers should be so ashamed of themselves for doing this. But, you know, I like the game, though. Like, yeah, it's internet, fun. Internet 101. Welcome right. to the internet. And and I don't like. I mean, I've been watching a lot of Asmon Gold for a while, and people listening uh, probably know him from his YouTube React videos. But I, I really got turned off by him with the way he did this particular hate baiting because, like, he put out like six videos, and they're all you know his hand in his face or you know his hand in his um, looking disgusted, his whatever, head in his hands. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's sure. disgusting. And again, even he was like, yeah, but you know, it's like a, a fun game to play. But these microtransactions are bullshit. So that I hate. I'm so over fucking people just being hateful about things, and it's not even fully true. But the other thing is the monetization is fucked. Like, it's fucked and it's not fucked. This leads into my last part of it. The fucked part is if you want, like, the best legendary gear, right, which normally in Diablo 3 and those kind of games you would just grind for forever, you had to pay, like, weird money. Like, not even, like, it's, like, it is mean of them to do it. Like you'd have to pay. I think it is for all the gear, all legendary, all the gems. There's so many different gems. It would be like six figures 
So wow, like seriously. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. Not like a thousand dollars, but like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Wow, that's even beyond what I was even thinking you were gonna say. Right. So that's <laughs> like that is fucked, right? But and to my my final point is if you like the game enough and you're just playing free to play, and I'm pleasantly surprised to tell you this, unlike every other YouTube video, it's fine. You don't have to spend dick all. All right. I'm here to tell everybody you don't have to spend dick. Okay, because I'm level 40 almost, thir- level 39. Played it for, I mean, I'm addicted to this fucking game. That's that's the other overview summary. It's a fun ass Diablo 3 game. I haven't played, I haven't paid any money. I'm not gonna pay any money. All the daily reward stuff is just bonus. If I click it, cool. If I don't click it, I don't care. And there's a like actually a lot of voice acting and campaign. And it's pretty good. Like it's pretty damn good and addictive. So the monetization element is there. I'm not saying they're right. They're like fucking wrong to make it that insane, right? But you don't have to touch it. And that should be the YouTube videos. The YouTube videos should be like, hey, this monetization's fucked. Uh, but the, you can actually play it and just have fun. Like that's my long-winded <laughs> summary. Uh, you questions? Just play it and have fun. Uh, I mean, I... Uh, no, I mean, I still have Diablo three that I actually haven't finished and I, I keep meaning to come back to it. I still have it on my hard drive. So like, I'm like, that's, you know, I, I've got Diablo that I can come back to. So I don't really need more Diablo and I don't want anything more on my phone and I don't want anything with monetization. And I totally get the idea of playing something and not having to invest in it, which is cool. But like, I just, I mean, I, I am just not in the market for this. This is not for me. So cool, I guess. I mean, I'm glad people are having fun with it. It seems like you're having fun with it. So, uh. Well, I am. I'm just so angry about... I don't think I fully got mad. I was going to get much more madder. Uh, I can't say words today. That's probably why. <laughs> but I'm, I can't articulate my anger. But the, the point is, it's like 90% of the things you see on Twitter or YouTube is hate, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's just wrong. Like, that's just incorrect. Like, And also, it fucks, again, so many of like the good developers who worked on the actual campaign to actually make a, an addictive, fun Diablo game that I fucking love. Like, it's crazy. Like, I'm just thinking about it right now, just talking about it. it makes me want to, like, as soon as we're done with the show, go grind a little bit. And here's the other thing. So you don't, up until, like, I'm almost level 40, and the first time in that you actually, like, got stopped, I never got stopped by a paywall, by the way, because I see all these YouTube videos going, like, got, got stopped by the paywall. Then I watched their video, and they didn't get stopped by any paywall. They, they were the ones deciding to spend money. Like, oh, I'm going to spend $100. I'm going to spend $300. Look what they want me to do. They want me to spend $400, get that other thing. And I'm like, you're doing that. You want to buy a legendary gem that you don't fucking need. So minus that, if if you have one takeaway from my review, it's this. All the videos you watch, they're all trying to get this stuff that you don't need, legendary gear. You don't need it. And it's fucked up. Like, again, like I said, I'm not giving them credit. It's, It's fucked up. But all those videos are like, oh, I can't get this shiny piece of shiny. And I'm like just playing it. And like level 35 was the first time I was like, oh, you have to grind a little bit, like a few levels, right? But it didn't take me very long. Like it wasn't like, oh, all week I'll be grinding to, you know, whatever. Well, I mean, isn't that just what Diablo is anyway? It is. Grinding for gear, isn't that just like the core experience of Diablo anyway? It is. And I know that they're just, it's just because it's a phone game. It's because they do have this like terrible monetization on top of it. But Anyways, my long-winded explanation is that I just really like it a lot. I think the campaign is like super fun. The challenge rifts and all the kind of like rifts they build in, which are totally tied to the money, 
you just don't have to do them. Like you do some of them for like, you know, how they make you like uh, tutorial style, do some yeah. of them. Yeah. And they try to make you join a clan. They try to make you do multiplayer, but you don't have to do any of that stuff. You can just play it like single player game. I'm, a, I'm almost level 40. I just have fun playing it. So that's an alternative review compared to 90% of the people out there. All right, there you go. Diablo Immortal on phone, on PC. Carlos says, just play it and have fun. Just play it and have fun. And one more pro tip before I leave, and this is really important for people playing on a PC who want to play with a controller. I even saw like all the biggest YouTubers miss this. But they're like, it's not working right. Like It's fucking lagging. It does. In the beginning, it's like doesn't work. And you're like, oh, no, I can't play with controller. You have to go into the settings, and this is not a good experience. I'm just telling you how to fix it. And there's a thing called dead zone controls. Oh, sure. Right? Yeah. You know, or yeah. like um, scrolling, you know, thing. Yeah. I can't say any words today. And you fix that, like make the dead zone like really, really small, and then it works fine. Okay. So people Good. who want to play in control, fix the dead zone. You're fine. Good tip. Fix the dead zone. Oh. Control. Words are hard. Words are hard. All right. We're almost done. We're almost done. We can both take a rest after this next section here. Uh, a couple more games for me, and then we're out. First, Lamplight City. This is a 2D point and click that I am playing on the Switch. Um, it is set like, uh, I want to say the 1800s. I could be wrong about that. It's like old timey, like Sherlock Holmes kind of kind of days, whatever whatever time period that was. I'm not a history major. I don't know my years. I, I'm just taking a stab in the dark here. Um, some very nice pixel art. Um, it's about a detective uh I, I'm not going to spoil anything, but basically you start off in a prologue, something major happens in the prologue and that kind of sets the tone for the rest of the game. I'm not going to spoil that. It's a little bit exciting when that happens. So I'm not going to say, but, um, so, you know, you go do some investigations. Um, uh, you talk to people, you know, cases come up, you got to solve some cases. I think there's like five or six cases or something like that. Uh, full disclosure did not finish the game. Uh, and I got to say, this is kind of a point and click of the style that I don't care for. And again, not a criticism of the game. I think this is just like me kind of knowing my own limits. I do like a point and click when they are very light and when they are breezy and when they are fast. And that is not this game. This is a more traditional um, tons of stuff to click on every location, which is like a big no, no for me because I don't like clicking things that don't do anything. Like they're just like flavor and it just ends up being like a lot of reading and you have to like, you know, click every item on every screen to make sure you're not missing anything. That's very like, slow and tedious for me so i like point and clicks when they're quick and peppy this one is not quick and peppy um also it's the kind of thing where something might be there but it's not there until you trigger something else and then you come back and then that thing is there I, that always gets under my skin mm. like if there's an object there i want to pick it up the first time don't make me come back and get it the second time um and the the big hook to this game is that you have these like conversational i mean I don't know. I, I think using the word dual is the wrong word, but kind of like you'll get into a chat with somebody and you'll have a number of dialogue options. And depending on what you say and depending on how they perceive you, they'll either cooperate with you or they will not cooperate with you. And that can make the story branch off in a few different ways. Like you can fail, you know, be really um, clumsy with some people and not get them to open up to you. But then the story keeps going. So I think that's kind of the hook of the game is that you can be a not perfect detective and mess things up and still keep rolling, which is cool. Which I think that's a great idea. Um, but for me, it just was very slow. I don't, I don't like clicking every single thing on a screen. I don't like having to go back to locations a bunch of times. And, you know, it just was, um, I just, uh, and to be fair, I wasn't like laughing at it. it. It's not a funny game, 
but I also wasn't really super into like the dialogue either. Like it wasn't interesting enough to make me want to figure out what was going on. It was kind of like, it was just like average point and click, you know, like, and Mm -hmm. I'm not really like the person who plays every single one of those. So I think that if you want a point and click, you're the mood for that. If you like that traditional style, I think it's well done. It's a very traditional, very well done uh, point and click with the little dialogue duels. I think it's kind of interesting idea. And I do like the idea that you don't have to play perfectly. Like you can progress when you make a mistake. That's great. Uh, but a little bit too old fashioned for me. I need something a little, a little quicker, a little more streamlined. So. All right. Yeah. For me, I'm uh, I back away from every point and click right now. So it's just what you're in the mood for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, final game of the show. I'm going to end on a high note here is card shark card shark have you heard of card shark i've heard of it i'll google it right now because i don't remember it's put out by devolver and so you know we all have a a good relationship with devolver i think you and i both probably like most of their games am i wrong yeah like 99.9 percent of yeah like very yeah devolver even if i don't love all their games i love what they do they're always trying new things they're always pushing the edge a little bit Um, so i dig that very much card shark i think is fascinating this is a very interesting game which I am very interested in. Uh, this is set like way long time ago in like the boy. You know, I got to take a history class. Or I, mean, something. I was going to say, do you not know the I time? Really, I do not know the time again. I really need to take history class because this is before Sherlock Holmes signs. This is kind of like in Bridgerton times, uh, something like that. Uh, so the fancy, the super fancy where people wore wigs, the powdered wigs. Yeah. And everybody was like a fop and they were like, everybody had land and you know, that whole kind of Everybody thing. had land. That's you know, funny. like, you know what I'm saying? I don't, yeah, I got to yeah. I need a history there class. There was so petit fours, petit fours, yes, exactly. hors exactly. d'oeuvres was a thing. United States educational system has let me down in a major way right nice. now. I'm, just, I'm living proof of that. Anyway, it's long, long time ago. People rode around in carriages, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so what happens is you start the game off as like a little serving boy in a, a bar or a, a pub or whatever. And this guy walks in, fancy guy, fancy clothes, got the powdered wig. And he's like, dude. I need somebody to help me run a scam tonight. And you look like you're broke and you look like you need some money. Do you want to help me scam some folks? And you're like, fuck yeah, I do. Cause I'm just like wiping tables and getting beat up in the back room. So I want to go do something else. So you become this guy's accomplice and he teaches you how to cheat at like cards. And the thing that's really interesting about this is because number one, when have you ever played a game when it was all about cheating at cards? Like yeah, never, never. first yeah. time ever. Yeah. So that's a brand new fucking thing. The art, I think, is wonderful. It's very kind of chunky, thick pencil lines and, like, bright colors. I think the art is awesome. I love the art. It's very cool. The animation of it is kind of like that Monty Python-esque, like, little cutscene thing that they do. Oh, totally. Where it's kind of like paper puppets. It works really well. Like, it's great. I love it. It's really good. And it's so fucking fascinating to play these these schemes where, like, the guy's like, okay, so what we're going to do. And it's, it's crazy to me that he even figured out how to ways to, like, make this work on a controller, right? But, like... He'll be like, okay, we're going to do a clumsy fingers routine. And so he'll, he explains like, okay, we're going to stack the cards a certain way. And then I'm going to give them to you. And then when they're looking left, I'm going to put it in your pocket and then come around the table and do the, like, he goes through this whole fucking thing about like how to do this scam on these people. And it's all worked out of the controller. Like it's all kind of like a series of mini games that you got to do. But also you have to like really pay attention because for example, like he'll flash a, a hand of cards up on the screen and you've only got a couple seconds to look at it. You don't have as much time as you want. So like, um, like one thing that happens all the time is like, he'll want you to pour wine. And while you're pouring wine, you're supposed to like sneak a peek at somebody's hand. So you have to like sneak a peek before their glass gets too full of wine. Otherwise you spill it and people get suspicious. Uh. So like, you've got to got this little stress timer thing going on. And then it's like, you also have to remember how to even cheat because he'll go through it with you 
when you guys are just like back at camp or whatever. And then when you go into a bar and there's people at the table, like he, you got to remember. So he's like, Oh yeah. Like what was the next step? Okay. I got to cut the cards and then, Oh wait, I got to like, I got to put this one card sideways. So he knows where it is. Like you got to remember all the steps and like, dude, like he tells you, I mean, I'm pretty early. I've already got like six or eight different ways to cheat and they're all different. And I got to remember, Oh, he's doing this one. Which one am I doing? Oh, I got to like, I got to play the card this way or, Oh, I got to leave the room for this one. Um, I mean, they give you some tips on screen, but like a lot of it is like you need to remember and you need to execute and perform. So it's not just like you're just passively doing mini games. It's like there is definitely like a level of tension where you're like looking at somebody's cards and it's like, oh, three of clubs. That means I have to take the rag on this table. And if I wipe it side to side, that means clubs. And if I wipe it top to down, that means hearts. Right. And if I go in a circle, that means spades. And like you, there's like there's no cue. Like you got to just fucking remember. So I made like a little cheat sheet for myself. Cause I could not remember some of these and like, it just, it, you really kind of get into it. Like you really feel like you're cheating these people and you're like, you're kind of running the scam and the tension that I feel playing these games is like, it's pretty significant dude, because I haven't lost one yet. Thank God. But like, I've come close a couple times and I'm just like, Oh no. Like what if the catch is cheating? Like what's going to happen? Like, I don't know what happens and I don't want to find out. But like that feeling of like being one step away from getting caught yeah. is very palpable. Like it's very present. And I can feel my heart beating like like a little bit faster. And I feel like my focus just like, oh, what card was that? Was that a spade or was it a club? What was it? You know, and you got to like the way that you pull things off. It's just so fucking clever, dude. dude it's so clever. I was just going to ask you if you knew the consequences for getting caught. And I just was looking at the game page on Steam. And there's a, a cut scene where it shows a guy pointing at you, I guess, and saying like, you'll die here and now. <laughs> so i believe it dude i believe it i mean this is like when the gallows were still a thing yeah and i'm you know like i'm just like okay like this is not going to be good like someone's going to duel us or we're going to get thrown in jail or the whatever the go to the best deal or something um so it's just it's really cool i'm glad i haven't lost anything yet but i really think it's so interesting and so fascinating and as far as i know all of these things are real life scams as far as i'm as far as i can find out like these are all techniques that people do in real life to like actually cheat. Mm. So I feel like I'm actually kind of like learning how to cheat at cards as well. Wow. So it's kind of educational. I mean, but again, you have to practice them. And like in the game, I'm actually practicing them. Like when the guy is teaching me a new technique, he'll be like, Oh yeah, here's the, here's the 21 pickup technique. And here's the, the left hand slide technique or whatever. Those are not the names. I can't remember the names, but you know, whatever they've all got a title, you know? And he's like, Oh, do you want to practice? I'm like, fuck yeah, I want to practice. Cause this is hard. Like I need to like, okay, do this thing and then turn this way. And then, okay, going to put the card in my pocket. Okay. Then I got to like dog ear this card. And like, there's like a lot of steps to all of them. And so you really feel like you're performing. Like it's not just, it's not just QTEs. Like it's about like, you really need to be aware of what's going on and be actively participating. Um, so it's a very unique experience. I think it's super cool. Looks great. I think it controls great. Um, I just love the theming and the style of it. I mean, this is like, it's like a winner all the way across. Wow. Brand new idea that I've never really encountered before. It's really well done super fucking great game i love this game this is like this is this is the shit it's really cool and uh on steam right now there's a demo so i'm gonna download it because it's easy uh for people on pc and also yeah so the public school system failed you when it came to history but this game is uh giving you a bunch of new information about you know cheating at cards which is actionable information i could actually, actually use in my use. real life in your real that's life. right it's yeah. gonna benefit me in a real tangible way so super cool. i guess uh yeah point to devolver and minus one point to the american school system so uh wait. card shark card it's shark awesome check it out before we check leave uh this though devolver speaking of them because there's no e3 
they are also going to do, remember their E3 presentations? Every presentation they've ever done is wild. It's perfect. And uh, I think I talked to the producer of the last one, uh, does videos and stuff. Anyways, they just put up a trailer for their, um, their you know, conference thing they're doing. Their upcoming thing. Yeah, yeah. so I'm excited to see that. And Devolver, we love you. Check out Card Shark. Yep, Devolver is great, and Card Shark is fucking great. Check that out. Absolutely. All right. Um, that's a show. That's pretty much a show. Carlos, is that a show? I think that's a show. I think that's a show. Folks, as always, we'd love to get your questions and comments. Hit us up, SoVideoGamesPodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, at SoVideoGames. Hit us up individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week? I don't know. <laughs> we don't know either. Oh, yeah. So you neither you, you don't know either. Um, you want to send them to Twitter? Send them to TikTok? Twitter, what are we doing? I'm so over Twitter. Can I do a tangent about Twitter? I mean, our, sure. our life would be better without phones and Twitter, both of them. They're just this fake little thing that isn't real. And it's crazy how tied to both of those things we are. Um, I, by the way, I just dropped my phone finally. And I kind of mini scratch slash broke some of the screen. Oh, no. And I have to go, you know, bring it in. It's like doable. It's like it's not like going to cause me problems. Like I can definitely still use it. But it's just that thing of like, oh, yeah, this thing that I, you know, spend way too much time on and way too much, um, you know, hold too much stock in, you know, all my life is in here. It just can fall and break, you know. Yeah. And uh, it just shows how fragile this like little thing is. And I don't still don't understand why they make the screen so fragile if we're just going to break them because they want us to replace them or something. But. Anyways, uh, yeah, um, I don't know. Just uh, hit, watch the podcast. Listen to the podcast. Just think about, just think about Carlos. Send him your your hopes and dreams. Yeah. Send him some positive energy. I don't know. Uh, I need the positive energy. Manifest something Talk. in the universe for Carlos. I don't know. How about do that. health? Manifest health for me. All right, we're gonna do that. Thank Everybody, you. think about Carlos and manifest health. Get the universe to send him some cosmic stardust yes, that way. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. As for me. Uh, just the usual for me, Twitter and Instagram. And then, and right after he's like, you could let's use Twitter. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I, do. I love Twitter. Uh, it's uh, B R A D G A L L A W A Y. All A's, no O's. And this is going to do it for episode 287. Thank you all again for joining us here on the So Many Games podcast. And we'll see you next week. But in the meantime, this is bye from Brad. And uh, before you go, know that <laughs> Diablo Mortal isn't that bad. All right. Just, it's not just that play bad. it and have fun. Just play, play it. It's and have free. Fun. It's free. No one's making you spend money on this thing. The money thing is stupid, but no one's making you. <laughs> <laughs>